Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Today is Tuesday, September 12th. I don't know what happened, but I woke up without a voice. I got a voice now, so I'm happy. Uh, but So if it goes in and out a little bit, I, I don't know, just uh, maybe the air in the room or something. Who knows? But anyway, so if, if my voice goes in and out, I'm not sick. Don't feel sick or anything like that. Just, uh, just a little hoarseness for some reason. Anyway, um, on our show today, the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department is back with us. Uh, we'll hear more on that. Uh, that's coming up in our second hour. Uh, at the bottom of this hour, it's called Hair Wars. Hair, like the hair on your head. Hair Wars Beyond the Galaxy, an Indianapolis hair show extravaganza. Competition and concert uh, is the first ever of its kind here in Indianapolis and is taking place this weekend at the Walker Center. So uh, the founder... Uh, the visionary for this first-of-its-kind event is going to join us and will let us know how uh, everyone, uh, if you want, or as many as we want, can get in um, on the fur, on the fun. Uh, but first, uh, yesterday we got a call from our colleague, uh, Dr. Tommy Brown, um, who does, of course, Harambe Operation Breadbasket, um, about last night's upcoming city council meeting and to watch for what sounded like um, a vote on whether Marion County Public Health Department Director Dr. Virginia Kane would be able to keep her job. A little curious about that. It sounded odd. Um, well, anyway, the full council took a vote on it last night. So what happened? And what was all that about? Well, here now to help explain it is City County Councilor William Duke Oliver, uh, representing City County Council District 9, uh, a Democrat. And um, Councilor Oliver, you were one of the first people I called uh, yesterday uh, after the show, after we got to, and I was trying to sort it all out. And so I really appreciate the fact that um, you followed up and wanted to call back and, and let our listeners know. So what in the world was going on? What is all this? What, what What's going on? Well, uh, a little background. First, help me out here. Okay, uh, go ahead. Pronounce uh, uh, Dr. Kane is uh, I don't know what the stretch this is, but uh, well, she's an internal uh, med. I think she's an she's infectious a, disease uh, internal medicine specialist. specialist. Yeah, she's she's a, a specialist. Specialist. Yeah, infectious and, disease specialist. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and our Dr. Kane is asked to represent her profession countywide at various speaking engagements and things like that. Absolutely, because she's nationally known for that. and during the pandemic. She is a renowned Absolutely. person in her particular medical profession. Absolutely, very well respected. She mm-hmm. is sought after for her opinions mm-hmm. as weight. Yes. And her opinions in carrying out her directives in those areas that do those things mm-hmm. had the, uh, the lowest, some of the lowest uh, infection rates and the COVID in mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. in those areas where persons take her suggestion and advice on how we were doing it in yes. Marion County. Highly respected, using, highly respected yeah. infectious disease specialist. Using the data that mm-hmm. they had in Marion County and kind of backing up her words mm-hmm. uh, of endorsement to follow that track as far as emergencies and things like that. Okay, okay, I got now, that. That's Dr. K. Those of us don't know, she is sought after to be a speaker at various medical uh, gatherings around the country. Absolutely. So, last night, before last night, uh, at a committee hearing, 
uh, about three weeks ago, uh, two, three of the committee members were absent. Uh, they were absent and couldn't mm-hmm. attend. But anyway, in a, in a vote to send it before the full council, when it do pass for her to re- uh, be confirmed by the council as the director of the Marion County Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a tie vote at the committee level. So last night it came before the full council uh, without recommendation, but whoa, that vote was passed last night by a vote of 20 to 4. Mm-hmm. The council was absent. By, that's, Excuse me. that's about as united as you can get, mm-hmm. 20 to 4. Mm-hmm. And there was no uh, comments from either side because her credentials and what she did in service to Marion County mm-hmm. uh, before the full council, before the full body of those watching, mm-hmm. the comments that would have came uh, wanting to deny her to be reconfirmed as a director would have been uh, pretty shallow. Mm-hmm. But let me say this. Those that were in attendance that didn't get a chance to speak because <clears throat> Sitting beside Dr. Kane last night mm-hmm. and close to her, in front of her, around her, greeting her, led by, obviously, the pastor, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, and many of us know, that Reverend Johnson is not one to just grab a hold of everything. He, he sticks to the word mm-hmm. and that the word directed what he should do. Mm-hmm. But last night, his presence in the presence of Dr. K mm-hmm. was huge. And there were many others there. Mm-hmm. In support so of Dr. K, and I was there. glad to hear that. Elected glad to hear that. Yeah. Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Glad to see that, actually. Yeah. Elected by the bodies in those neighborhoods. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. spokespersons was there to speak. That They were there. Mm-hmm. The WCP was there. Yeah. Uh, members of the Urban League was there. Mm-hmm. Members of Major Fall Creek, uh, mm-hmm. Crown Hill Neighborhood Association, mm-hmm. Brightwood, Avondale Meadows, the mm-hmm. Far East Side, mm-hmm. Hallville, Mm-hmm. People, persons were there mm-hmm. in support of, and need be to speak in support that we vote to Ma- maintain Dr. Kane. Dr. Yeah. Kane back mm-hmm. in her position, not back in, but to continue. Her yeah, position. to maintain her. But, but Councilor Oliver, yeah. let me ask you this: So, are you saying that had it not been for the absence of the three other members on the committee that? pretty much decides when it should go to the full council. Had it not been for the absence of those three, that there would have been no such thing as a three-to-three tie with no recommendation when it went to the floor, which, you know, made a lot of people uneasy about the fact, well, is Dr. King's job in jeopardy? Yeah, okay. They expressed their support and admiration Mm -hmm. for Dr. King. Mm -hmm. It's just that sometimes, every once in a while, just every once in a while, sometimes, during any period, there may be one counselor out of 25 not making, maybe two. Uh, those things happen. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, it passed twenty to four that she'd be reconfirmed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, not only Dr. Kane, but all of the county health commissioners throughout the state of Indiana, their powers have been weakened after uh, after COVID. Not power, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of their authority has been taken away um, after COVID by a GOP legislature uh, that says that now, before declaring a public health emergency, this has to go uh, state, you know, county health commissioners have to go bef- before uh, their county commissioners uh, before that they can do that uh, before they can do that at at that time there were some that expressed some strong Mm -hmm. first of all in democracy it's government of the people by the people for the people exactly and dr kane representing the Mm -hmm. people in government for the people by the people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she does she she she, the other side like you said uh a couple years back did not want government telling people what to do. Right, right. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, mm-hmm. safety distancing, wearing a mask. Not when can you wear the mask? When not to wear it, uh, etc. They want government to tell you you can't make right turns. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. if it cause accidents, oh no, don't tell me what to do. That I'll just do what I think is right. Right. They don't want government other people, bad people. Uh, this has begun to change even more drastically so, so my, my, in the last several years. Yeah, and my question was: did did this did this have any? Did you see any correlation or any relation to this from the last? You know, from what you were just describing before. Well, you talking about for Dr. Kane? Yeah, 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 Dr. Yeah. Kane. Oh, well, she was up for uh, uh, every time. I mean, I voted to support. Oh, her, I, yeah. Along with the majority of all the other councils, mm-hmm. because. Her credentials and her commitment—they're impeccable. They're impeccable to her profession mm-hmm. and to our community. Right. And the results of what she's been an advocate for, as far as public health and public safety, mm-hmm. as far as health, uh, has fruition as what she's advocated for, and we've benefited from her leadership in coming forward. Before, mm-hmm. sometimes there's just uh, uh, a semblance of. Something uh, mm-hmm. a case may show up that Eskenazi, and it it's in her background. One single case to show up, and she would it may be a warning to her, nothing to the rest of us, mm-hmm. but to her, mm-hmm. and she's been able to put all of us on the alert, on cautions, on what to do, what not do, washing your hands, all kind of things, you know, what to eat, everything. Uh, it's targeting things that are our behavior that would contribute to mm-hmm. continuous to our good health. So we're thankful, very thankful mm-hmm. that, that she continued to build Mary County Health Department and the health of all citizens in Central Indiana. We had persons mm-hmm. outside of Mary County wishing that their county was led by and could implement the things mm-hmm. that Dr. Kane had implemented mm-hmm. uh, for Mary County during the health crisis of the COVID. Right. And since the COVID, she's still right there accessible to native association mm-hmm. to one on one, two, three persons, fifty people, a mm-hmm. hundred people. Dr. Kane has been there representing her yeah, all of us. 
there there's no doubt that that she simply you know she she just is is beyond excellent and and she's uh her credentials are impeccable and things of that nature uh but our state legislature uh, is making so much since COVID and as a result of COVID, making so much of health, public health, political. And I'm glad that, you know, whatever concerns that there were, uh, were alleviated very quickly uh, by what you're saying was an overwhelming uh, vote with the city county council, even though it was concerning uh, because that vote when it came out of committee w- was deadlocked. And that that was concerning as well. So it's good to hear that when it went before the full council that it was overwhelmingly in favor uh, of Dr. Kane. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. What was it? What I was mean, the final number, uh, Councilor Oliver? It, it was a. Uh, uh, I mean, people as far away as uh, Seattle, Washington, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't. Well, what was uh, what was the final council? It wasn't though? as big a thing as some of us would say. It's just that when the news media and all first them, uh, it could be a vote of twenty five to one. They still going to give equal balance mm-hmm. and a, and a sound bite to the to both sides. Mm-hmm. And it seems, and when both sides get. And they air both sides' uh, position on something. It perhaps it gives seem like being recognized uh, that they have as much weight and support mm-hmm. issues as the winning side, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. But they must give the sound bite and coverage to comment to the other side, and it seems like it's fifty-fifty. But no, it's not fifty-fifty. Dr. Kane, I mean. What was the final vote? What was the final number, uh, Councilor? The final vote was 20 to 4. 20 to, so it wasn't even an issue then, right? No, yeah. no one spoke. And let, let me tell you what, the, uh, Reverend Jackson, I mean, I'm sorry, Reverend uh, uh, Johnson, and Elder Rush, mm-hmm. and several presidents of neighborhood associations that Dr. Kane had appeared before and were affected uh, about the carrying out of the health policy in Marion County mm-hmm. that affected uh, those neighborhoods uh, doing what she recommended that they should do. Our school system, I mean, the whole, we all, Marion County, we, we done as well as one of the top cities in the whole country mm-hmm. as far as the er- eradication and, right. and arresting the, the growth and acceleration of COVID. Of COVID, and yeah. she was able to, you know, uh, and again, Dr. Fox, she was in the same kind of situation. Yeah, and the politics, you know, the, the fact that they're making such uh, a public health emergency all about uh, politics is beyond concerning and, um, you know, I, I don't know where that's going to end, but it, it needs to stop because uh, lawmakers are just that, you know, over there in the legislature. They're lawmakers. City county councilors are just, you know, your representatives. Um, you know, lawmakers are representatives as well. But, uh, you know. This great Porter could, could call in uh, if he's listening. Uh, he, he's one that's quite a little bit more knowledgeable about uh, these things than I am. But, but her being an infectious disease, I don't know what that's called in that perspective. Uh, well, it's called infectious that, disease specialist. I mean, that that's her. Um, 
That's it. Okay. Yeah, but she's uh, she's she's I, nationally renowned, and we've you know we've made note of that on a number of occasions because uh, Dr. Kane uh, speaks on panels at not only in the United States around the world. I mean, Dr. Kane's uh, expertise and and um, uh, advice in, in certain things and, and her knowledge uh, is is greatly in demand. And again, it's not just here in the United States. So we have, you know, we have quite a, uh, you know, quite an accomplished, we have a jewel here in Dr. Kane, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think we understand it. What I'm, I, I guess I'm just saying, it's just so disappointing to see how uh, state legislatures like ours, uh, and others um, around the country took, uh, you know, took a page from uh, some extremists and uh, just just totally politicized uh, a health crisis that killed millions, uh, that, that, that where millions yeah. died for, because conflicting messages and disinformation, conflicting messages and disinformation and not allowing our, our health officials who are experts in the field to lead. Not allowing them to lead. This is what they're supposed to do, and tying their hands and 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 everything else is is just, oh boy. That that's when she came out with the with the you know, announced uh, uh, about a booster shot, the second shot. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, and there were those uh, in, in our community and around the state, and around the country. Yeah, that were saying at that time. Oh, they didn't need no shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't getting no booster shot. They had no effect. Mm-hmm. But there was maybe one, and it might be more than one, that came out and, and, and said they were sorry or regret that their loved one did not get mm-hmm. a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or they still be with us. They did not give that kind of coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, but to advocate that we all need to get our shots, our booster shots. Oh, I, I don't know how much cover, more coverage we could have given that, that Councillor Oliver. Uh, we, we, you know, we just really leaned into that here, and I know a number of other stations did. Uh, but, you know, especially in, in the black uh, community, we simply, you know, we have trust issues with the medical uh, profession. And, you know, I, simply we're not going to budge. And, and some of them I, still, some of us still are not budging. You know, we're still not well, trusting. Well, let, let me, let me t- express this uh, about w- what I say in my 20 years on, on the mm-hmm. council. Mm-hmm. Uh, December 31st is my last day, but right now, what I've seen since I came on the council, mm-hmm. I have not seen what I've seen last night, uh, maybe one or two times. I would like to see that. Oh, you're talking or, about the outpouring I'm of public about the community support. Coming yeah, out. Community coming out. Yes, yes, yes. Individuals coming out supporting uh-huh. their position. Absolutely. In a positive, not being against something, but being for something that was beneficial to our community. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to be against something to benefit the community, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to be against something to get a benefit out of it. Uh, but uh, I completely get it. And it was for, uh, being, yeah, for something. being for something. Yeah, yeah. We were for uh, what she in favor of. Yeah. Came out and supporting her. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. So what, uh, Counselor Oliver, what else? What else can you tell us from the meeting last night? What else did we miss if we weren't there? Well, uh, that was. Mm-hmm. No, nothing that rose to a level. Mm-hmm. That because after the Dr. Kane thing was dealt with, with no comment from the people. <laughs> no, no. Then the, the room uh, became interesting because those that were there representing her, mm-hmm. that was it. They 
they all left. And, uh, and of course, well, she, it was the last item on the agenda. Is item number seven? Was yeah, it not? That, yeah, that, that, that was it. I mean, that was other things really important on the agenda. You know, but the, mm-hmm. that last night was was it. Yeah, um, it was it, 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 encouraging to see uh, Councillor Oliver. Um, and so, and, and, so what does this mean and, now? For how many? Does, to, now, does Doctor Kane come up at two o'clock? Uh, uh, the chief of police. Uh, chief, uh, I mean, the same support come for him. Uh, yeah, the chief of police is coming on. Well, the yeah. de- assistant chief of police is coming on uh, at uh, at two. But um, now, how good is this? Approval uh, for Dr. Kane. How how long is that for? For a year, two years, or what? How how does it have to come a up year. every year? I think it's a year. It just comes up every year with Health and Hospital. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's right. Yeah, yeah, year. Every year. Yes. Uh, it's it, never it, really an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're just we're just happy uh, that it the support we, we <clears throat> that's what the council we we love her, uh-huh. but for the community to come out. The, in a mm-hmm. positive way, yeah. with with no signs and yelling and screaming. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. In an organized, mm-hmm. individual way to you know, support someone, uh, and, and, and that was just wonderful. I mean, it, it was just awesome. And mm-hmm. to be for something and that, to come out like that, yeah. that, that was positive. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, we always like that when I, I you know, per, community participation is encouraging, so encouraging on any level. I just really, uh, I'm really glad that folks were out last night. But it was, a, okay, it was one of those, whoo, you know, because, <laughs> uh, you know, when you, when you see three to three and no recommendation, it's like, well, wait a minute, doc, this is Dr. Kane. Are you serious? She might not. But now that you explain the numbers that, you know, there's, there's what? Three, three, six. So there's nine men or members on these committees, correct? Uh, uh, if there was three to three vote and three weren't there, would that be nine? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, what are, what are you thinking about as your um, you know your final few meetings wind down and and you uh, about to pass the baton along? Are you are you thinking? Oh, in- uh, I've, I've been asked that question. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna retire. Uh, nobody ever yeah. does anyway. I don't know why we say uh, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, active citizen. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. retire from that. No. I, I'm just retired from the council, but I'll still be mm-hmm. uh, an adult taxpayer, mm-hmm. advocate for fairness, yeah. uh, equal distribution of tax dollars. I'll still be. Advocate for that, uh, you know our community, uh, mm-hmm. public safety. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and, and a big advocate for us men. That it is. Let me say this: us men. Uh, I've seen in my lifetime mm-hmm. where us men. I seen men when I was a youngster growing up. I seen men head of the community, head of the household. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just regular fathers and grandfathers mm-hmm. and uncles mm-hmm. in the community uh, mm-hmm. that you know that, that would point out what was good and what was not good to others in our community, and uh, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But here, the last twenty years, I've seen more of our mothers and daughters and sisters out front uh, at school board meetings. 
at council committee hearings, mm-hmm. at full council meetings, at the state house, and hearings at the state house, advocating things mm-hmm. at the state house, what should happen, uh, PTA meetings, neighborhood association meetings. I say more about mothers, grandmothers, and sisters, and wives, and daughters, more out front. And not in proportion of mm-hmm. our young men stepping up. I see more our daughters and sisters and mothers mm-hmm. out front uh, on fairness, mm-hmm. on equal justice, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I say, I mean, just being advocates, just out front. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess in my grandmother's day or others, they would maybe just, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the man was out front. Now both are out, and more of our daughters and sisters and mothers mm-hmm. and wives are out front with the men. And it, uh, it seems like not, and last night reflects on that. There was yeah. more of our daughters and sisters and wives and mm-hmm. grandmothers there last night than the worst uh, of my gender. I mean, it, it's, you know, uh, <clears throat> a message I, I would like for more and more of, of us men yeah. to, to come uh, to step up. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mm. Well, we got to work on that, Counselor, because we've talked about it a number of times on this show. So um, I don't think there's any magic bullet, but I think that, you know, repeating the messaging certainly can't hurt. So we got we got to just stay after that. We really do. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, and thanks, like I said, we're, we're, we're great, but like I say it, mm-hmm. it helps, uh, particularly for our young men, to see it does. 10 and 12 years old and mm-hmm. see other men. And young yeah. boys want to grow up to be like some men that they see. You know, you, yeah. you want to imitate what you, you like to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the image that they see that we show them, us men, mm-hmm. sometimes it, it, it doesn't convey, convey where, where uh, it needs to be. When they imitate what they see, yeah. we see the re- reflection of their behavior that, uh, you know, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Uh, us men, uh, be more empathized as to uh, yeah. be, be man. Be I, man. I told my, my grandson and, and, mm-hmm. and my great nephew when they were 14 uh, during, in the high school, I said, you won't be, when you get 15, you won't be 14 anymore. And when you turn 16, you won't be 15. Each year you grow up another year. And when one day you'll be 18, you'll be 19, mm-hmm. you got to act like that. Yeah. When you become 20, 22, you act that way. There you and go. So, some, not all, but some of us, uh, when we turn 25, uh, some, 
still act like they're 15. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's an ongoing problem, Counselor. And I, you know, like I said, we're, we're going to stay on that and a whole lot more. But I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing with us uh, about I the council meeting. I, I learned a lot listening from your callers then. And mm-hmm. I learned, and I listen, and I will listen, be listening today. Okay, all righty. All righty. Thank you very much. That was William Duke Oliver, City County Council District Nine representative, talking about last night's council meeting. Uh, got some ca- uh, classic, not council, classic tickets to give away right after the break. So keep listening. We'll be right back. Voice, their future on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. Again, thanks to uh, Peanut um, for that uh, information. Uh, they, they're, they're joining forces with the Walker Legacy Center this weekend for something that should be really uh, informational uh, and fun at the same time because we do love our hair. Um, as I was saying uh, just a short time ago, uh, we all know that the Circle City Classic is coming to town, and we have an, a couple more tickets to give away. Um, this is simple as can be. It's about as easy as you can get uh, to uh, to have your chance to win two tickets to the Circle City Classic. All you have to do right now, text the word CLASSIC uh, to the number 37890. Again, text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. Uh, if you're declared the winner, you will win two tickets to the game at Lucas Oil Stadium, 3 o'clock Saturday, September 23rd. Um, the uh, game is going to be between Mississippi Valley State University and North Carolina Central University. Um, tickets are on sale now at the Lucas Oil box office and at Ticketmaster.com. But if you'd like to try to win two free ones, uh, text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. And good luck uh, to you with that. Um here now with us, uh, as we have uh, discussed, and they come every month on a Tuesday, second Tuesday of every month, IMPD. Uh, with us today, um, Assistant Chief of Police, Chris Bailey. Uh, Chief Bailey, welcome back. How are you today? I'm fine. Good. How are you? Well, I think I'm okay. I, I, you know what I was saying at the top of the show? Have you ever done this, just, just wake up and all of a sudden your voice is gone? I mean... <laughs> yeah, that happens often. It, and right now, it's a terrible time too. Allergies and I think that's yeah, yeah. There's got to be what it is because of drainage or allergies or something. I don't. Yeah, my wife tells me I talk too much. Maybe that's it. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I I've been told that too. So, yeah. but that's not it. That's not it. We can say that. Hey, um, Chief. Um, a lot, a lot of stuff uh, been going on with IMPD lately, um, and um, a lot of community uh, activity, a lot of community concern. Uh, you know, most recently that um, that town hall, uh, the Northwest Northwest Community uh, Resource District Council uh, hosted. But I, I have a question uh, just before we get to that and. Um, uh, the community's uh, concern with the trust in the police department, which we discuss often, um, had had news from the you know United States Department of Justice, U.S. Justice Department that a suspended IMPD sergeant uh, who was sentenced to a year and a day in federal prison for excessive force during the arrest of um, a suspect that was already uh, handcuffed and on the ground and and you know was posing no threat. This is the sergeant accused of kicking um, that suspect in the face, Sergeant Eric Huxley, 44. So does this mean when when it, when the uh, the Department of Justice uses the word suspended, does that mean he's still with the IMPD? 
Uh, he is still uh, technically um, a member, but he's been suspended since that incident with no pay, uh, pending a recommendation of termination by Chief Taylor to the Civilian Police Merit Board, who makes all decisions related to whether or not an officer is fired on the, on the IMPD. Uh, that process does not move forward until the criminal process is over, which ah. is now at the federal level. He still has pending charges on the state level, but it's my understanding that part of his uh, plea agreement with the federal government was that he would uh, be resigning his um, uh, position with the IMPD sometime here in the near future. Uh, near future, meaning like within the within the month that he'll resign? Uh, when um, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's for his attorney uh, mm -hmm. to submit that paperwork, right? I mean, we've mm -hmm. done our part, which is, is which is suspend him without pay, uh, pending a recommendation of termination by the Merit Board. The chief cannot fire anybody unilaterally. Mm -hmm. The chief has to uh, make that recommendation to the uh, civilian majority or civilian, all civilian, mm -hmm. uh, Merit Board, who is responsible for terminating police officers uh, on the IMPD. So the chief came out relatively early and said that that would be his uh, his 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 recommendation. He said he would recommend uh, termination. Um, so that still holds, right? The, the, the chief's yeah. recommendation. Yeah. Still, yeah, the chief was very swift. The chief was very clear that that's, that's against our values and our training and our commitment to treating people with fairness. And and using the Constitution to guide our actions. And uh, he was fairly quick on, in his decision to, to terminate his employment. Um, that I want to remind everybody, that was all driven by internal processes. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. not someone told us it happened. It wasn't we found out by accident. It wasn't some third-party video. It was our internal reviews of use-of-force incidents mm -hmm. that, uh, that brought that to light. Uh, he immediately turned it over to our Special Investigations Unit, which does criminal investigations on officers, uh, other government officials, and uh, started the internal affairs investigation. And after seeing the video, it was pretty clear. And uh, chief made a swift decision to mm -hmm. terminate his employment or recommend his termination. Yeah, um, community um, confidence or tr I, I will say trust uh, with with IMP, especially in the light of the fact that uh, two black men uh, shot and killed by IMPD. Clearly, different circumstances, uh, but both shootings uh, begged questions as to why um, uh, why it was necessary for the use of lethal force. Where are we with those two two cases, and what? Uh, can be done. Is, is it a situation where uh, the process, I guess, has to be explained again, or are, are, are things in place, or, you know, where are we with both of those shootings? Well, I, mean, I, I guess I need to know, I, I know you're talking about the uh, gentleman from the uh, traffic stop. The traffic stop that was, yeah, was shot in the back, and then the, uh, the man who was having a mental health crisis who was shot um, with a machete. Okay, yeah, that, that one, yes, okay. Um, yeah, all those uh, investigations are still ongoing. The criminal investigation, all the information has been turned over to the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. They're the ones that make decisions on uh, whether or not the uh, officer's actions are within the law. Um, the administrative process is still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, that eventually will be reviewed by the Civilian Majority Use of Force Review Board, who will make a recommendation to the chief of police about whether or not they believe uh, policies and training and uh, procedures were followed. Chief, were, uh, were you at that meeting um, last month, the, the meeting out on the, at the uh, Global Village Welcome Center? Were you there? I, I was not. Uh, you the, were not. Uh, chief Adams represented um, 
mm-hmm. our uh, office there. Uh, and, you know, I, it, those are great opportunities. I think that there's a lot of people that don't know that uh, Toby Miller, Horatio Luster, uh, the CRT, the uh, Community Response Team, has a longstanding um, open dialogue with the IMPD. Uh, within 24 hours of any kind of use of uh, deadly force, we're on the phone with them and members of the community explaining what we can explain to them, uh, and then they provide their feedback to us, positive and negative. And it's a way for us to exchange information for people to get things off their chest, to share their frustrations. And we talk about the process uh, again so they understand that. And so, yeah, yeah, there's the... I think part of the issue, Tina, is that these these happen so closely together, uh, and then that brought up brought up some um, issues uh, that that think that this happens all the time. Uh, I will tell you that in tw- in 2015, we had 20 officer-involved shootings in this city. Ten of them were fatal. Uh, since then, our numbers have continued to drastically go down because we've we've enacted reforms, training changes, policy changes. And this is simultaneous to uh, Mayor Hogshead's election and the whole criminal justice reform movement um, that has continued uh, since then. Now, there's always room to approve, and no officer leaves the House saying, today's the day I'm going to go out and use deadly force. A lot of it's situational, uh, and so they're responding to what other people are doing. Uh, I know that we, we often get compared to what happens in, in bad shootings in other cities, but that's not us. And so we have to look at our individual incidents on a case-by-case basis, review all the facts, apply the law, because emotions are one thing, the law is another. Everyone's entitled to due process. And so we have to apply the, the, the law uh, and, and step through the process. And if we're wrong, if an officer's wrong, violated the law or violated policy, uh, then you'll see action from both the criminal side and the administrative side. Yeah. Um- our guest, uh, Assistant Chief of Police, uh, Chris Bailey. Um, yeah, Chief Bailey, there was an interesting, uh, have you seen the the latest recorder, uh, Indianapolis recorder? There's an interesting graphic here, and it, it, it kind of lines up, I guess, with, with what you were saying since 2015. Um, and the recorder did some research, and I'm reading from the recorder's research. Uh, IMPD officer involved shootings involving, uh, and this is the year, and then the number of black people involved. Um, and it, it just... It chronicles black men. I think there's two. But, but anyway, 2015, 13 black men. 2016, eight black men and one black woman. 2017, six black men. 2018, six black men. 2019, five black men. 2020, four black men. 2021, nine black men and one black woman. Uh, that was COVID. Uh, I don't know if that has anything to, and then 2022, one black man. We don't have, they didn't, they didn't post uh, 2023. So there, therein lies the community mistrust, if you will, um, in terms of IMPD and officer-involved uh, shootings. Um, but you're saying that since 2015, due to changes, uh, that those numbers have gone down, and and for the most part, I guess that's, yeah, I mean, certainly not in double digits. It hasn't been in double digits, which is scary, since 2015. Uh, so what, what do we make of these, these this, this graphic that the, the recorder put up here on their, on their article? Well, I haven't, I haven't seen that. I just have the numbers that are in front of, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In front of me that we put together, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, in like I said, in 2015, there were 10 fatal officer-involved shootings. Mm-hmm. In 2016, there were three. 
2017 one 2018 one mm-hmm. 2019 one 2023 2021 three 2022 one and 2020 2023 three so far yeah and these don't say fatalities they say yeah, they're, they're black people involved right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, shootings so yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what that says. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, you got to put it in, in perspective and con- and and, and in context. context to yeah. it. There's one almost one million interactions between the police and the community each year in this city, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know, I don't know what that percentage is, but it's it's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when when officers are wrong, then they're they've been charged by the prosecutor's office, right? That I've not seen an officer charged or an officer involved shooting. Uh, in quite a while. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but it's not just the actions of the officer that we have to look at. We have to look at the actions of the other person as well. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that you, we, we can't discount that. Those, those. And we also had uh, about 25 cases of citizen on citizen homicide this year that have been uh, decided to be uh, uh, self-defense. Yeah. The body worn the body worn cameras are changing the game. What year did uh, they, they? What was it? Twenty nineteen when those were instituted. Into twenty nineteen is in, when. Uh, we yeah, when they were instituted. Yeah, yeah, the body worn cameras, and you know, particularly disturbing was the the one with the traffic stop uh, that he was running away. But you know, you he, he had a weapon in his hand uh, as well. Um, and running, you know, but still running away. So those two things have to be mitigated. I'm sure. Uh, we're, we'll, 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 uh, you know, I, I know that they're under investigation and things. But I'm just saying, when you see the video of something like that, it's like, huh? How does that work? And that's why I think meetings like the one uh, that took place. Uh, over there on the northwest side off of Lafayette Road are so, so very important because it explains process to the point where you can, you know, if community is concerned and, and wanting to get involved, this is how you can, you need to understand this because this is the strategy or what have you, I guess, I'm assuming. That's what that was. Uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Our guest, um, Assistant Chief of Police for IMPD, uh, Chris Bailey. Tim, uh, you had a question for the chief? Uh, yes, a uh, qu- uh, question and also comments, yeah. Uh, I got 15 years riding in a police car with a veteran, 38-year veteran police officer, just retired two years ago in Miami. Uh, never, uh, the 15 years I rode, never seen him beat up someone in handcuffs, uh, never used brutality. I always worked with the public. And he retired, uh, seeing six sheets go by. And I respected him because how he dealt with people. Number one, we need to get 85% black detectives in the community. That's number one. You need to uh, uh, make a... Uh, make a commitment that, that the police officer is not going to shoot people in the back, not shoot people just running away, stop chasing people in high-speed chase for little misdemeanor crimes when all they got to do is get the description of the car, get the license plate, get a picture of the person, send a detective out. Number three, put new officers that have been on the force less than five years, which partner up with somebody that's been on the force for like 10 years, so that way they can get spirit, get spirit. Uh, put, uh, put, uh, for mental calls, make sure you send out a mental call officer only for that. And if you need to recruit more people, it's very simple. You go to the high schools and recruit them. You know, uh, uh, and it's a lot of people that want to be cops. Uh, but what happens, see, uh, I saw my dad at, the, at a young age in the 70s get beat over the head by a police, a white racist cop over the head and bust my dad over the head with a nightstick. 
and mess my dad up, put him in Central State for 20 years. So I didn't like cops. But what made me start liking cops is when I, my best friend uh, became my friend and became a cop. And then a bishop of mine became a cop. But they was men with integrity and character. So that's what needs to be done. And you have to make a commitment that uh, uh, you're going to use time. Just like y'all use time for active shooters, you don't rush in there and kill them. You take your time. Number one, because they got them automatic weapons and they got them assault yeah. rifles, yeah. and some cops are not willing to get shot. So yeah. you have to take your time. And if it's over their 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 level, they scared. Call SWAT in. Yeah. Call the negotiator. Mm-hmm. Don't rush yeah. to shoot unarmed people and shoot and run away in the back, and mm-hmm. then try to justify the actions. Because when you do that, people lose respect for you. And I love cops because we're my best friends. A cop thirty years. My bishop was a cop, and someone in my family is going to be a cop. Okay. So that's what y'all need to do. And you have to be transparent, have integrity and character, and quit making excuses for bad cops when they're bad. Mm-hmm. Get rid of them or put them on death duty for five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Don't let them be outside no more. With All them. right. Okay, Tim. God bless you. Peace. Um, uh, Chief, I, we're, we're, you want to unpack some of that? Yeah, first of all, I want to say that um, – a vast majority of our police department and officers across the country do serve with honor uh, and integrity mm-hmm. and uh, want to, and, and are willing to put themselves in front of a community member mm-hmm. or a stranger that they don't know and sacrifice their lives. You haven't heard me one time make an excuse for anybody. I haven't said anybody was justified. I'm merely uh, explaining the process. I think mm-hmm. that where there's this misconception is that because it's a police officer, they don't have the same due process rights under the Constitution that every other citizen or member of this community has. That's just not the case. That's the truth. Administratively, uh, they, they, they don't have the same burden of proof to prove that they violated the policy, but there still has to be a process. If we don't follow a process and we abruptly terminate somebody, there is civil recourse on their part. There is a recourse to the courts where they could get their job back. So there's recourse to the merit board where they could get their job back. So we have to do things the right way. We're also dealing with human beings here. You can hire the right person. You can hire, uh, you know, uh, all that you want. Uh, but there's still individuals who are going to make individual decisions um, that are sometimes out of bounds, and it's those that we have to deal with. And then this chief has dealt with them. Uh, in, a, in a swift and a transparent manner. There's not been another transparent chief as the one that we have to this day, yeah. mainly because of the, the fact that we have body-worn cameras that he initiated. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for him uh, initiating that purchase of body-worn cameras at the request of the community, we wouldn't have captured Sergeant Huxley uh, kicking that uh, yeah. gentleman in the face yeah. on the circle, to which he held him accountable for, to which the federal courts have held him accountable for. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I hear you. Uh, we are in the schools recruiting constantly. We understand, and I understand, the historical uh, uh, burdens and the historical uh, things that uh, that the that the uh, black and brown communities carry with them uh, uh, over the generations of mistreatment and mistrust that they have not only in just law enforcement but government generally, uh, as they have every right to to be that. And so. Uh, every day we try to d- find ways to build those bridges, and we'll continue to do it. But uh, no one here is making excuses for anybody. No one wants on this police department wants to work next to a bad cop mm-hmm. when I'm gone, just as 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 bad as as the community does. Yeah. But we're just not a we're just not an agency full of bad cops. Mm-hmm. I, I will I will argue that 
uh, until I walk out the door here. So, Chief, let me ask you a question. Um, and I, this is this subjective or is this a matter of policy as well? But uh, speaking of bad cops and bad cops that are out on the street, cops that are known to have been, for lack of a better phrase, bad, uh, you know, disciplinary actions, uh, known to have, you know, been become physical, uh, uh, wrongfully physical with, with suspects or what have you, ever had to be... Um, uh, uh, disciplined and what have you. Where is the line? What, what, at what point administratively does the department decide that, you know what, this officer does not belong on the street anymore or whatever? How, how, how is that equation, um, I, I guess, calculated, so to speak? Well, I mean, they're all individual, and they all have their individual facts and circumstances, right? There are mistakes, and then there's misconduct. Uh, what you saw in the circle was misconduct. That was uh, intentional. And okay, let's let's just go misconduct. Um, yeah. A police officer that is, you know, misconduct. Is there yeah. is there a policy that X number of infractions, or is it up to the discretion of the superiors? Yeah, it just depends on what that what that what that is, right? Is it uh, failure to turn in a police report on time, or is it uh, using uh, force outside of policy? Uh, when we when we when we're uh, made aware of policy violations or suspected policy violations from a chain of command, specific to use of force, we always turn those over to to the. Uh, Special Investigations Unit, who then in turn turns them over to the prosecutor's office to review whether or not what their actions were criminal or if it's just something that we're going to handle ad administratively. Um, recently, we had, a, we had a sergeant use uh, a taser inappropriately, and we, the chief, uh, moved to terminate that, that particular sergeant. And uh, that, uh, I don't know where the prosecutor's office stands with it, but when we looked at the video, uh, we saw that that was so outside of what the what um, the norm is that, that the chief decided that, that this person no longer needs to be employed here. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the merit board will make decisions uh, on, uh, on, on discipline if it rises to the level of termination. Only thing that we can do is make a recommendation. So at what point does the, does the union get involved and what role does that play? Well, the, uh, there are certain timelines that we have uh, in place as far as the labor contract is concerned. Uh, you know, we have to have certain things done in a certain period of time and, and turned over to uh, review through the, through the process. Uh, they, they, the union can provide legal counsel or representation to the officer during internal affairs in interviews. Now, that counsel can't participate in the process when you're doing an internal investigation, but yeah. they can have that representation. Uh, and then that, that, that officer's in, entitled to representation in front of a board of captains if they want to appeal their discipline to the board of captains or if they want to appeal their discipline to the merit board, they have the right to counsel, which is usually paid for, if it's within the scope of their duties, paid for by the union. 317 mm -hmm. uh, 239 uh, William, you have a question for Chief Bailey. Uh, yes, I do, uh, Miss Tina. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, I, I, the question that I have is, how do you deal with rogue cops? The cops that are always on the carpet for wrongdoing. Uh, I, that was the question that I was... Uh, uh, what, what the questions I want to put forward. Okay, all right, thank how you. How does the department uh, deal with them? Yeah, is it... Uh, the? Thank you, William. And uh, Chief... 
I don't know. Uh, there, there is a. I, I, is it a? Uh, I guess a widely held view uh, in the community in terms of how rogue cops are dealt with. I guess I don't know. Um, and then I guess you have to have the definition of a rogue cop too. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's. I mean, is a rogue cop somebody that that gets in trouble one time? Um, I wouldn't expect anybody that that has a, you know, a disciplinary issue on a, in their employment to be called rogue, right? I mean, I mm-hmm. think that when I think of rogue, I think of the ones that, you, that you've seen us take action on, like the, the, the sergeant that was just uh, arrested, charged, and convicted uh, of a crime, right? That's, that's what we do with those rogue, uh, quote-unquote, rogue, rogue officers. Like when we know that, that no one here, mm-hmm. from the chief on down, like I said, is in the business of protecting a bad cop. What is what benefit to me or the mm-hmm. chief or the officer next to him is it to, to protect some rogue cop that's just eventually probably going to drag you or you know every every police leader, especially the chief, is one incident away from losing their job, even if they had nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. right? So there's no, there's no there's no yeah. benefit of that. I think that there's there's still this thought that this is the 1950s, 60s, 70s where. There's this just solid. Yeah. How do we dispel? Yeah. How do we dispel that? Those uh, those because, you know, and, and sometimes it's underscored, like you said, uh, with things that happen not here, but around, yeah. you know, around the country. Um, there's news today about the uh, the Memphis police officers uh, the, in the death of Tyree Nichols. There's some news is just pat- breaking about that. But um, I wanted to the. We, we talked about uh, the, the use of body-worn cameras. I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. But the tech, there's technology that's changing the game um, slowly but surely in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, I can't think of anything that's changing it more uh, definitively than the use of the body-worn cameras. The use of cameras, period. Um, so how can that be expanded upon in terms of are, are there more cameras that can be in? And I know that we're in a budget year, uh, a budget time, I guess I should say. And and it's been clear public safety is is a priority because of what the council and what the mayor asked for and what it looks like the council is going to approve, uh, like dash cams and, and other things like that. What what do we see? You know, what's coming down the pipe as far as technology? Well, I mean, I think you're right. I think that that the technology is the game changer for us. It's a force multiplier. Um, and so body-worn cameras uh, change the game and in a good way. Uh, it's still, though, there's still a lot of things that you don't capture on a body-worn camera. Uh, it's one view. It's 2D. It's not 3D. It doesn't see or it doesn't hear and feel and understand like, like uh, the human brain does. And so mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to capture all those things. Uh, but, you know, our police cars, for example, if you're a uniformed police officer right now and you have a body-worn camera in the city of Indianapolis, you have a thing in your trunk called a rocket. That rocket takes your video and constantly uploads that to the cloud, right, so that mm-hmm. there's nothing – it just goes to the secured cloud. But in addition, it's, it's attached to the vehicle's diagnostics. It knows how you brake. It knows how fast you are going. It knows where you're at because it's got GPS on it, right? So we know where our cops are at all times. The radios are, are – are, uh, Going to uh, are equipped with GPS. We'll know where, we'll we'll be able to, to turn the GPS on on the radios, and it's not to track the officers, but it, it could be for more mm-hmm. um, quickly dispatching the closest car to an incident rather mm-hmm. than, than than the beat. You know, you're assigned to beat A, and your partner's assigned to beat B, and so you two get dispatched to the run together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may dispatch you on uh, the person who's closest. 
I think that, uh, you know, in this budget proposal, which we go before the committee tomorrow, uh, we're going to ask that uh, over 750 of our uniform cars be equipped with dash cams. Why I think that's another force multiplier is that it's a steady camera. It looks straight ahead. It's not going to be... Uh, uh, it doesn't rotate. It, it doesn't have an, uh, a rotator. It's just straightforward. It's just straightforward, yeah. But it's a wide enough angle that you're, you know, say, what about you should be able angle? to see everything in front. Right? But okay. what it doesn't do is it's not going to roll on the ground. It's not going to be blocked by... Uh, an arm. It's not going to be, you know, all those things that happen with the the camera on the chest. Yeah. Future, I think that there's a there's a possibility, uh, and it, well, that's not a possibility. It exists today, and it's a technology that we're interested in looking at in 2024 uh, for 2025's budget that uses artificial intelligence to scan body worn camera videos. So there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours of body worn camera video. It's impossible to look at it all every day. But with the use of uh, artificial intelligence, we may be able to scan and look for uh, racial slurs, uh, uh, gunshots, uh, whatever those things that we want to put in there that would automatically tag those videos for review uh, and do it in an you know, instant. Right? Th those are, are uh, emerging technology that I think will help us uh, identify misconduct mm -hmm. uh, quicker. Yeah and address it yeah. because of all the video and you add in the, the dash cam video. Now you're mm -hmm. doubling the amount of video well, that's out there. Right. So with this current budget, will dash cams be in, in installed in, into uh, the units and some of which will be new units as a result of the budget this year. Will, will we see dash cams this year? No, not this year. This budget goes in effect on January 1st, 2024. So we can't spend the money before we have, Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. This coming year, right, the budget has to be approved and everything and all tied up in a bow and everything by the December 31st and then January 1st. So this coming year in 2024, will we start to see uh, dash cams? Yes. Okay. Um, anonymous, go ahead. I have a question. Um, as you, everybody knows that uh, the law is permanent of 18 years and older for anyone. Uh, 18 years and older can acquire a gun. Yeah. Is there anything that the police? I know. Uh, I don't know how much clout. I don't think you did have much clout. If maybe the bill wouldn't have been passed. But what can police officers do in overturning this this terrible law? I know it's left oh, up to permitless carry. Permitless carry. Permit, yeah, permitless carry mm -hmm. is the worst law I've ever heard. Uh, mm come down anything i mean i don't understand why someone would even allow that well it's the state lawmakers and that's why they wanted it but uh it does you know what thank you for your call and it does make uh and and i maybe i'm speaking on behalf of someone that you you know but i i've heard so many in law enforcement chief bailey uh come on this show and share that it makes uh, the job of uh, law enforcement so much more difficult because if nothing more, people have the wrong uh, perception of exactly what the law is. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Chief Taylor was against it. Uh, I wrote an editorial against it. We were uh, unified with superintendent of state police. State police, yeah, and lawmakers simply turned a deaf ear. Yeah, I, I, a lot of times is that people view their 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 uh, or get their opinion of the problems through their own lens of what they see in their community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A vast majority of Indiana is not an urban environment like we find ourselves in Indianapolis, where 
it makes more sense for us to have a few more restrictions than somebody in Owen County, right? That does absolutely. Uh, they don't deal with the issues that we deal with. What I what I think that has opened the door, and you know, I've taken a lot of criticism from some people for for talking about it, is that we're not interested in lawful gun owners. We're not interested in people who utilize their weapon for self-protection, home protection. What our issue is, is that now we have prohibited people who feel emboldened to carry guns around. We have people that aren't prohibited, but feel like it's okay to walk through Broderpool Village with a rifle slung around their neck. Absolutely. And I've uh, seen or through Riverside Park or just walking down the street. And absolutely, unless an officer has uh, some kind of criminal predicate or a criminal investigative reason to stop that person. They just have to. We just have to let it happen. Yeah, uh, Jeff, go ahead. You have a question for the chief? Yeah, how you doing, Tina? How you doing, Chief? Doing good. Oh, thank well, you. I'm gonna change things up a little bit. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, you know, we seem to have a high homicide rate. And seem like the perpetrators are getting younger and younger. And just kind of piggyback with the last calls about the gun, because I think that was one of the most insane uh, policies they ever came up with. You know, uh, yeah. you know, the same people that said they're pro law enforcement are pro gun, and they're all for yeah. you know people who shouldn't have guns have guns. But what is the root cause? Is it poverty? Is it mental illness? Or just people just don't know how to deal with? You know, so you know, with, with uh, personal issue without resorting to violence. In your experience, I guess I asked you to put on your psychiatrist hat. Mm. In your experience, what is it? Is it just people just don't have people skills? Like over, you know, they'll kill each other or a parking space, or you look at me mm. the wrong way, or is it? You know, in your experience, what is it? What yeah. is your yeah. what is your perception? Is it just people just are just irresponsible? They shouldn't have guns, or you just Poor education, lack of parenting, or is it all of the above? That's yeah. all. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, yeah, um, interesting question. Um, in the evolution of your career, your law enforcement career, um, has the tolerance, uh, uh, citizens' tolerance for each other uh, escalated to the point where they just as soon pull out a gun and shoot each other as to talk it through or maybe even get down in the middle of the street and fight it I, I i don't know jeff jeff asked that question and it's a good one uh what from your perspective you know from day one until now in law enforcement what are your thoughts well, i think that him and you both have nailed it all those issues have uh, just compounded on each other right uh and it has changed over my 25 years i i know a lot of the gun violence involved when i was a young patrol officer usually involved uh you know either either gangs 
or um, drug dealers, right? Those two things is where we saw most of the vi- most of the gun violence. That's completely changed. I mean, it's 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 dis- simple disturbances. We've had people killed over parking spots. That's not a that's not a make believe uh, story. That's happened. Uh, we've had we look at the road rage road rage incidents, right? You honk or somebody or cut someone off, and the next thing you know, they're flying bullets through your mm-hmm. through your house. We have gatherings where you know people just start shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of bars, people just start shooting because they don't have uh, the ability to deal with conflict. I mean, we stopped a fight last week in Broad Ripple, where it started off as a, a fist fight, uh, got there quickly, everybody was separated. Uh, using our technology, we followed one guy back to his car. He pops the trunk, grabs the guns, coming back. Right? Mm-hmm. We inter- able to intervene on that. I mean, those are the and it's all those things. It's it's a lack of uh, at least hope mm-hmm. in some communities. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the denigration of the family structure. Uh, yeah, kids raising kids. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, Chief, where would where would you put social media on that list? Because uh, there are just I, okay, I, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I can tell the, the, the emotion. Youth. Yeah, the emotion is there. because that has been pointed to as a number at at a number of these incidents as well. Uh, explain that and 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 let us know a little bit more about the where social media fits in there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the new I call it the new bathroom wall, right? Or the stall wall in the bathroom where you think you can write and say whatever you want about somebody else and. Uh, there's no consequences to it, but this consequences now is that we have kids that commit suicide. We have kids that get in uh, fights at school. We have kids that then take that that those those arguments and stuff over social media to public spaces, like uh, in in the past downtown the canal where it's a safe space where people can gather. But then they they see each other and then those beefs that have been on Instagram, you didn't like my shoes or whatever it is. And now you have you have people that are shooting each other. So you're absolutely right. Social media has not helped uh, uh, our world, in my opinion. It's full of misinformation. You don't know what is true, what isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and people look at that and they take it so such to heart. Uh, and people just are just mean. They're yeah. just outright mean to each other. And that leads to very terrible uh, things, especially amongst our, among our youth. Uh, last question, and then we're going to have to let the chief go. Uh, chief, thank you for staying with us. Uh, Zach, you have a question for the chief? Uh, yes. Um, so I was in a car accident uh, September 13th, mm-hmm. 2022, and mm-hmm. police were sitting right across the street. They seen the accident happen, but they didn't come to the accident. They caught an officer away from Lafayette Square, and the other police just left. And I'm like, why did they leave? And it's like, uh, through all this, I've lost my car and everything because they're going to leave the scene of an accident. Whoever heard the police leave the scene of accident? That's my question. That's my comment. Thank you. Question. Yeah. Well, what could what could that have been, Chief? Could that have been a dispatcher? I mean, I don't know. What what could that have possibly been? Well, we have lots of officers that do lots of different things on the agency, and so those officers could have been engaged in something else, and they call a district officer so that a person that works that district to come take the police report. We also have non-sworn um, public safety officers that are unarmed that take uh, crash reports, uh, and so that could have been the circumstance uh, why they didn't take it and waited for someone else to do it. So I'm happy to, if, they, if they want to leave his information, look in a little bit more about why, but... Those are a couple reasons uh, why. Um, if you're on duty and you, let's say you're working just a regular beat on the South South District and you uh, see a crash, it is your responsibility to take care of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, th- this budget um, that uh, the mayor has approved and, and uh, earmarked uh, so much of it for public safety and IMPD, um, you know, one of the first what you know, can you tell us what we can uh, look forward to and what is something that the public will understand in terms of of um where uh, things are going to go in 2024 for IMPD. I understand we're still down several officers uh, and that recruitment uh, continues. Uh, and I understand that that's an issue as well. Uh, so what, what can we expect? Well, I mean, this, uh, this budget is a, uh, an increase over uh, 2023's approved budget last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of that increase comes as uh, our officers and our professional staff, so the non-sworn civilian employees are all due to get a 3% pay, pay raise. A vast majority of the 3% total increase in our budget, uh, about 77% of that uh, increase comes from uh, pay increases. Uh, like I talked about earlier, we asked for additional money for uh, additional training so that we can continue to keep our officers well-trained. Uh, we asked for the addition of those dash cameras, in-car cameras, uh, over 750. Uh, those are pricey. Uh, and so those uh, – and then we want to continue to add to our uh, technology that we've, that's worked so well for us in 2023 that have helped solve cases and, and recover missing persons, that's our public safety cameras and our automated license plate reader technology. Uh, so those really account for a majority of the increases that we'll see in this year's budget. We want to continue to build on the successes that, that we've had, uh, learn from our uh, mistakes and failures, and make this uh, continue to make this the best police department in Indiana, if not the United States. Yeah. And uh, the so we should just uh, be on standby in terms of waiting uh, for news, the process of the last uh, the last two police involved uh, shootings uh, from last month. And we are just awaiting word as the process works its way through. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, we like I said, the the criminal process is no longer in the hands of the police department. Mm -hmm. That that information has all been turned over to the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. Marion County Prosecutor's Office has several options. The prosecutor himself can make a direct decision on charging or not charging. They can convene a, a grand jury. They can uh, ask for a special prosecutor. They can ask for uh, more investigation from us. But we've, uh, to this point, we have done our, our due diligence with the criminal investigation. If there's a follow-up that needs to be done, we'll be, we'll be there to do that for the prosecutor's office. The administrative functions continue. And uh, once there's a decision in the criminal matter, then we'll move forward with the administrative reviews of all these incidents. Righty, thank you, Chief. We appreciate you sitting in with us today. Um, we will be talking with you soon. All right, thank be, you. Be careful out there. Appreciate okay. it. Thank Bye-bye. you. And again, that's Assistant Chief of Police, uh, Chris Bailey. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, Going to take a quick break. Come back with one more opportunity to uh, win some a pair of tickets to the Circle City Classic. We'll be right back. Your voice, their future. Paid for by Child Advocates. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. 
And we're back with Community Connection. Thanks again to Councillor William Duke Oliver. Uh, as I promised right before we went to break, we got two tickets to give away to Circle City Classic. Yes, the Classic. Coming up very shortly, very soon, September 23rd, 3 o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium. Here's all you have to do. We're going to give away two now and two a little bit later in the show. Uh, just text the word CLASSIC to 37890. Text the word CLASSIC to 37890. If you do that and you win, uh, you're going to get a pair of tickets to the Classic Game on September 23rd at Lucas Oil Stadium. Mississippi Valley State and North Carolina Central University are going to be squaring off. Um, should be a good one, a great one. Football is returning. Remember last year it was just the bands? Well, this year it's football, the bands, the whole nine yards. So you want two tickets to the Circle City Classic. If you want your chance to win two tickets to the Circle City Classic, uh, please text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. 37890 and good luck to you. Um, our next guest um, is, I, I guess, nothing short of a visionary. I guess we could call him that because what he is about to, to pull off uh, in conjunction with, with partners, uh, including the Madam Walker um, Legacy Center, is, is nothing short of, I, I like to say, fantabulous. At least that's what it sounds like. He is none other than Arthur Harris, master hairstylist, cosmetology school owner, and founder of the inaugural Indie Hair Show Extravaganza. You know him, and I do too, as Peanut, but tell us what, you, tell us what you've got here, uh, uh, Peanut. I'm, if I say Peanut, y'all, y'all know I'm talking about Arthur Harris. Okay, Peanut, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Tina? I am doing wonderful. Where in the world did you come up with all this? Because we have so much to share um, about this event with our listeners. This is fantastic. Thank you. Uh, actually, I started uh, with the Madam C.J. Walker building. I got a vision in 2006. Mm -hmm. I actually started the, the uh, conversation with the C.J. Walker, the, the Madam Walker uh -huh. Center, uh, and uh, it didn't really turn into anything because it just wasn't my time. Mm -hmm. We know that. We know how that goes. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, came last March, I went to Christian Strickland, who uh, is over at the Madam, at mm -hmm. the Madam Walker Legacy Center. Mm -hmm. And she actually said, you know, if anybody can pull this off, it would be you. <laughs> so she said, I am in it. And whatever support that you need from us here at Madam Walker Legacy Center, mm -hmm. I'm willing to provide it. And that's when the ball started rolling. So the Indie Hair Show Extravaganza, um, mm -hmm. yeah, is this weekend, right? It's coming up this weekend. Yeah. So we're, we're coming down the home stretch. Uh, tell, us, tell us what it is um, and what's going to take place over the entire weekend. Sure. Uh, it is a trade show, trade and beauty show. That, uh, you know, we have these shows around the Indiana area, but there's, there has not been one in Indianapolis for many, many, many years, especially one that's for us. So I decided that I need that needed to happen. There needs to be some type of uh, connection between the professionals or even us as a race with the Madam Walker Legacy Center. And since it, it actually works on it, they actually pride themselves on supporting entrepreneurs because Madam Madam C.J. Walker was an entrepreneur and a mm -hmm. successful one. They decided to do that. So because of that, I said, well, I need to provide that 
service with my show. So you get the PPN because we have on Saturday we have a uh, the vendors from 11 to 5. Uh, we have vendors. We have classes for the common public. Hey, there are people who need. I know my wife. She always uses her as an example. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't mind. I'm Tons sure. Mm-hmm. Of beauty products underneath her her cabinet in a uh, bathroom, uh, and she's just trying to figure out, okay, how can I use these products? to make my hair look and do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And there are many of women out there that do. So the general public, we got classes for the general public for that reason alone. And then we have classes for the professionals who want to know about business, how to operate their own business, how to uh, have insurance, how to buy a home, because we know hairstylists make a lot of money, and but they need to know what to do with it. I know as me, as when I was young, that money went out the window. Mm. So I didn't have no one like myself to kind of show me or put on a show to help me to spend my money wisely. So we're Mm. giving the beauty side of it, and then we're giving the business side of it. So on Saturday evening, I want to get back with that. On Saturday evening, there's actually a hair competition, a fantasy hair competition called uh, Hair Wars Beyond the Galaxy. So you're going to see all kinds of big, beautiful hair, all kinds of creative styles from nine beautiful and talented stylists and barbers uh, that we're having. And then that evening we have Elena Renee, uh, Bashir Yassad, and Stacey McCracken, and they're going to be the talent as well with the competition. So we have – and then on Sunday – we have vendors, a panel discussion, because, you know, we got this whole big thing about relaxers and if they're good for you, mm-hmm. not good for you. So we have a whole panel discussion based on just what should I do and how should I operate and how should I style my hair, where mm-hmm. it's safe for me. And whatever questions come out are not dumb questions. Mm-hmm. We are welcoming those questions because we know that the, the general audience need to have some type of idea of how to deal with their own hair. So we have all this going on this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know what, uh, Peanut, the, and, and again, our, our guest is Arthur Harris. He is the uh, founder of the uh, inaugural, the first ever indie hair show extravaganza coming up this weekend at the Madam Walker Um so far, we've heard about the beauty aspect of it, the business aspect of it, the competition, uh, and creativity. I, I, I'll add in there creativity and and an entertainment uh, aspect to this entire uh, weekend dedicated to uh, us uh, and, and, and hair. Yeah, you know, Peanut, uh, hair in our community is more than just hair. It is a sense of identity. It is a culture. It is a statement. And I'm not sure other groups or what have you realize that or appreciate that. Right. But we do. And that is important. And and that's why, you know, along with having and founding and doing the show, I own a cosmetology school, which is called Textures Institute of Cosmetology. And in that, that very that is one of the very reasons why I decided to open up a school because and and to do this show because we need to know how to style our hair and all types of hair and because it's such a statement so that's why I decided to do what I do because I want to make sure that we are not looked over yeah. when it comes to and that everybody knows 
uh, what it takes and entails mm-hmm. to, to have our beautiful hair. You know, uh, Arthur uh, Peanut, I'm going to call you Peanut, <laughs> Arthur seems like, but anyway, uh, everybody knows you as Peanut. Anyway, Peanut, um, the I've long heard from a professional stylist, African-American, ethnic, you know, someone other than uh, Caucasian, that the African-American schools, beauty schools, teach across the board. Whereas uh, back in the day, what do they call them, House of James and some of the other, um, you know, majority culture schools only teach the majority culture. And there, yeah, is that true? And there was a woman that used to do my hair. uh, She was in with another and she was, you know, she was Caucasian. And I asked her, why are you? And she said, because I never learned it and I want to know it because I want to do hair. I don't want to do just white hair. Um. That was a real, is that still quite the thing now it, with schools? It, for the most part, it is. Uh, really? Uh, it, it is the thing. I was. I went to school in Bloomington, Indiana, Indiana uh-huh. and I was the only black and the only male. Mm. So, and I thank God I already knew, had some idea of what hair, how to do hair, because I would have been lost if uh-huh. I was there trying yeah. to learn. <laughs> yeah, they had prior uh, knowledge. Huh? Yes. So uh, that pretty much still happens today. Uh, You know, when you own a conglomerate uh, school, which is the big school, the big box schools, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, their curriculum doesn't switch. It's a curriculum that is set by a corporation, and they keep it that way. Well, with us, we tend to think outside the box Mm -hmm. with our students, and that. I could truly say is what differentiates us from the rest of the schools is that we try to give them the extra. I was in school in beauty school, and I tell you a thing. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. Oh. I was in beauty school, and this little white woman came in with blue hair, and I had a full clientele in beauty school, mm-hmm. and I felt like my head was too big, and I didn't have to do that type of hair. So I said no. I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Because she wanted me to do her hair, you know, because she knew I could do hair. So the teacher pulled me in the office, and she sent me home. And she said, at this school, which is Hair Arts Academy in Bloomington, Indiana, mm-hmm. she said, you're going to learn how to do it all. She said, because you don't turn down not $1. This is to put food on your table and to take care of you. And if you learn nothing else, you're going to learn how to do all types of hair, and you will not turned down one client in this school. And I carried that with me up until owning my own school. And that's how I teach my students. Because at the end of the day, you are an entrepreneur and you have to take care of your family. The money you make is going to take care of your family. Why can't you be trained to not be able to turn down clients and make all the money you can? So that, that was my motto and I still stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. But even to this day, though, you say that there's some of that that still exists in some of the other um, yeah. other institutions. That's that's scary. That's really scary. It, it is very scary, especially when you're talking about chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. It's very scary. Speaking of chemicals, uh, the conversation never ends. Natural versus relaxed and <laughs> natural is charging back. What uh, what's what what's behind that? And, and it's got to be more than a fear of the chemicals, though, is it not? Is it or is it? I don't know. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, you know, I've been in the business for over 30 years, and yeah. I've seen styles come and go. Style, yeah, and, trends come. Okay. And they do. They come and they go. Uh, styles never last. Forever, not to say they completely go away. Uh-huh. But they come and they go, and I feel um, because I've done the research on the mm-hmm. relaxer system, and I don't know everything and don't claim to. Mm-hmm. Let me put that out there. Uh, <clears throat> but from my knowledge, because I do have clients who still get relaxers, and they won't turn, and I've tried to transition them over, but they won't do it, and and <laughs> and I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm good with it. Uh, you just got to be educated. And I'm teaching a class. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching a class at the show about this relaxer system, relaxing as opposed to natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to be educated in it because uh, if you do the research and you Google what relaxers cause cancer uh, or have been allegedly causing cancer, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, you got to look at the numbers of the people who have been affected by this. Mm-hmm. That's number mm-hmm. one. Number two, you have to look at the relaxers that actually have been targeted. Mm-hmm. And those relaxers are usually those relaxers that have been bought on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So it's box firms, mm-hmm. uh, no-lie relaxers, uh, relaxers that you can buy over the counters. And I have never been an advocate of anybody walking into any type of store and buying a chemical off the shelf to place on their hair because I think everybody needs to be trained and you need to be under a professional advisory to even be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's a whole can of worms that I'm going to open up at the show. <laughs> okay. Got your can opener. Okay, you're going to go open that can of worms at the show. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm excited about it. So, but what I think is that styles just tend to come and go, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually we'll be into another type of style. And I'm not saying that'll be straight. I'm not saying that'll be relaxer. But we're going to touch back into our past history mm-hmm. and use some of that stuff that we did back in it and to create styles of today. So just what's yeah okay? Well, what's happening now? What's what's the what's the thing now? The thing now, uh, as, it just depends on the age. Oh, yeah. But oh, peanut. Oh, peanut. The age-appropriate hairstyles and age-appropriate clothes. My goodness, can we have a show. (laughs) Woo-wee. Yeah, but anyway, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Please, go ahead. (laughs) You're fine. Uh, With the age of my, you know, I've grown with my clients. And uh, when they're having these hot flashes... All these, you know, these moments, uh-huh. that they have, personal 
uh, whatever you guys call it, moment mm. that they have, yeah, um, it affects their hairstyle. So while they love to, a lot of them don't like to wear their hair natural, but they want to wear it straight, like ironed out, like mm. a silk press. Uh-huh, okay. And they okay. get down here and they start sweating, and that silk press is over. <laughs> I mean, it literally, it goes, you know, it goes back natural. Yeah. My so, grandmother used to call it going back home. Yeah, go back home. You get back, back in here before your hair goes back home. Come right. on. It goes back home. Before it goes back home, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what, what I found is that it just depends on the age and mm-hmm. activity of the client. I see. So I see. You have to kind of guide them through mm-hmm. that because they're really trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have to guide them through it. So what's out now? Uh, depending on who you're talking to. And, you know, of course, with the younger generation, you got all these lace wigs and you got braids. And then as you move mm-hmm. closer to the older generation, you got iron outs and you got natural style. Uh-huh. It, it just all depends on the customer and what they, that's why it's important to load everything mm-hmm. because you never know what you might have to do. Yeah. So we're across the board. We're doing finger waves. We're doing relaxing. We're doing short haircuts. We're doing weaves. We're doing, so we're all over the board, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and again, hair is such an important part, and always has been. I mean, yeah. and and the fact that you're going to have this extravaganza um, at at the the Madam Walker Legacy Center, the legacy that Madam Walker left, you know, her legacy yeah. was was founded in hair products because we've yeah. always been concerned about our hair. Yes, and I feel like she is in me. I, I, you know, oh every time I talk about her, I get emotional because wow. I feel like I'm I'm a part of the her legacy. Mm. I'm, I'm, you are, and I feel so passionate about what I do, Tina. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, it just it's something that I love to do. I I feel like I don't even work when I do it, but mm. educating my people on it. Is important to me. How how'd you get started, Peanut? How what 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 motivated you to start doing this? Well, oh my goodness! You, now you know my wife, and you know, <laughs> you know yes, yes. Let me put that out there. Okay. Uh, when she when we were in college, because you know I was at Indiana University. Okay, as was I. Yeah, I was actually my it was my senior year at IU, mm-hmm. and I was going. I was in education mm-hmm. and was going to go into teaching. And as a matter of fact, I put my application in and I was getting ready to start student teaching the next semester. And I just felt like my life was just that I wasn't happy and I needed to be happy. So let's go turn the pages back even further to when I was younger. My sister was a Jerry Curl connoisseur. I mean, she could, she's a hairstylist and she could do a Jerry Curl like none other. She worked for Tiffany, she worked for Soft Sheen. She was very good at it. Mm-hmm. But being a family member and getting my curl, I had to sit in the salon. Ah. And my sister was young, so we were 12 and 1 to 2 o'clock in the morning because I wanted McDonald's <laughs> and I wanted in order for me to get my curl. I had to babysit for her kids while she went out. Okay, so, okay. So I had to wait. So sitting there waiting so long just and just watching her create these styles, was amazing to me, amazing. And so I got the knack then, but as a male in the early 80s and late 70s, mm-hmm. doing hair, there was a stigma to it. Yeah. And I did not want to be 
stigmatized. I just didn't want that stigma with me. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what, I'm going to keep this under my hat. I did my niece's hair uh, occasionally, and I dared them to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that That's good. That's good, Peanut. That's good. That's good. And I do it. And so I had it under my hat. And when I got to college and I was with my then girlfriend, now wife of mm-hmm. 35 years. Congratulations. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I challenged her and I said, I want to do your hair better because she was going to a, a well-known uh, salon here called Changes. And I'm, oh, yeah. I know. Cha- yeah, I went there. Yeah. I said, well, we're going to save some money. <laughs> go in there and, cut, and shampoo your hair and I'm going to do the rest. And she was like, you are kidding me. I said, no, no, no. Go on in there and shampoo your hair. I promise you, you won't go back. Ooh. And she said, okay. And I said, I shampooed her hair. She shampooed her hair, and I styled it, curled it, and styled it. She said, you know what? You, we, she said, you, we could be making some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, our, this is our money and our business. Hey. Our <laughs> so I applied for school, and the city of Bloomington paid for it. Thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh. And they paid for it, and... The rest is history. I wow. I felt like if my wife, then girlfriend, was comfortable with me doing hair, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. And I blossomed. I love and that. I love that. The rest is history. So, Pina, and, and let's fast forward now to what we're talking about, the fact that you, and I know Carol had a, a big part in this, too, if nothing more than supporting you in it, uh, yeah. but that you all have had the vision uh, to come up with this extravaganza. So once again, how can people uh, get involved and how can people attend and, and tell us uh, about it, websites, numbers, uh, before we have to, uh, to, to take off at the top of the hour here? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can actually go to ndhse.com mm-hmm. and it gives you, it's our website, and it gives you everything you need to know about this show, what's going on on the 16th and 17th. It is the show that Indianapolis cannot miss. I have put it all out there, mm-hmm. and wow. we're ready. So I am excited, and I want them to please go to the website. I'll say it again, Indy. H-S-E, Hair Show Extravaganza, dot com, N-D-H-S-E dot com, and they can get all the information concerning sponsors, who's, who actually sponsored the event, mm-hmm. what the show, what the classes are, when they are, the competition, the pricing, everything. Yeah. Right here. Certainly want to thank the Walker Legacy Center. Hey, we have a quick caller. Uh, Savella, go ahead. Do you have a question for Peanut? Yes, I have a question. A lot of people who are seniors, I'm a senior, and we cannot go get up and go to a hairstylist, to a beauty shop or whatever, salon, whatever you want to call it, and get mm-hmm. our hair done. Are there any people that come to you, to your home, and oh, will do your question. hair? Yeah, that's I mean, I would be willing to pay the fee, but I don't have access you know, to a car. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, that is an excellent Thank question. You. Very good question. I know I have done this, uh, and we're glad to do it. Uh, I'm sure there are stylists out there that will do it. I know in my school we do a service projects where we take our students to oh, that's nice. uh, nursing homes mm-hmm. and uh, places where they can't really get out to get their hair done, mm-hmm. and they do it. So we teach our students to go out and do what they need to do. So I'm sure there are people out there that mm-hmm. do it, and uh, actually you can touch – you can. 
uh, touch base, leave your information for uh, Miss Tina, and I will be sure and try to seek somebody out to contact you if that's okay. Yeah, and Seville, if you want to call back, we lost her, uh, but she call back, and um, John can get your uh, information. Uh, I smell a, I, I hear, I, I hear a business that's dedicated exclusively to mobile hairstyling. Somebody's got a business doing that, or was about to start one. Yes, and there's actually a license for that. Oh, there is? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Uh, Peanut, congratulations on the extravaganza. Tell Carol I said hello. Uh, Thank thanks you. to Christian Strickland and the Walker and everybody. This is a great event coming up the 16th and 17th this weekend at the Walker. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening, and thank you, Peanut, for putting this together. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. to experience and we're back with community connection just finished a conversation with um assistant chief of police chris bailey um we definitely need to get toby miller on here um as soon as i can get him scheduled actually uh to explain uh, more of what the community needs to understand i know um, Chief Bailey had mentioned him. A number of you have mentioned uh, him as well because the frustration uh, regard. Re, yeah, and I understand all. I mean, in fact, it's important to understand. It's important for you to understand. Um, I understand all of the uh, the process, uh, the uh, the order that every you know that every investigation has to go to. We understand all of that, but. Um, we also need to understand what we as citizens can do because I think a lot of times people feel helpless. They feel helpless, and and you know what can we do as this, as the 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 bureaucracy plays itself out, as certain things play themselves out. Um, what can we do? And I think um, uh, Toby Miller and and some others can be instrumental in helping with that. That was part of uh, that was a big part. In fact, the reason uh, for that that big town hall uh, last month out at uh, uh, Lafayette Square, the old Lafayette Square area at the uh, International Village Global uh, Welcome Center. So, um, yeah, we're we're going to stay on it. Um, yeah, I like I said, I get the I get the everybody's you know everybody's lanes. I, we get that, but you know, there's still something the unspoken uh, sense of frustration and the unspoken feelings. Uh, that so many out there have regarding this, we we need to address those as well. Uh, but we do thank uh, Chief Bailey, as we always thank IMPD uh, for coming in. Uh, they come in, you know, the, once a month, regardless. And so we do thank them uh, for that, and they do talk to you uh, when they come in. Um, as I was saying uh, earlier, um, have some Circle City Classic tickets to give away today. Uh, last set of tickets for the show. Uh, if you win, you'll receive a pair of tickets to the Circle City Classic football game featuring Mississippi Valley State University and North Carolina Central University. All you have to do is text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. Again, text the word CLASSIC right now to the number 37890 for your chance to win two tickets to this year's Circle City Classic, Saturday, September 23rd, 3 o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, you can also buy tickets for the Classic. Uh, they're on sale now at Lucas Oil Box Office and Ticketmaster.com. But if you don't uh, don't get a chance to buy them, you can always uh, take a chance and hopefully win uh, some of these uh, text-to-win uh, tickets. Uh, text the word Classic to the number 37890. On the show tomorrow, um, as promised, 
uh, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett is going to come in and, well, he will be on. He's, he's going to be um, over, the, uh, over the phone, but he'll be with us uh, to talk about his campaign, his vision, and why he wants your vote. Um, la- a couple of weeks ago, we heard from um, re- his Republican challenger, Jefferson Shreve. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to hear from the mayor as to why he would like a third term. Uh, and he is going to be talking with you, taking your questions. Uh, concerns and comments uh, as well. So uh, tomorrow on uh, Community Connection, uh, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett, who is running for a third term to become the mayor of Indianapolis, will join us uh, on Community Connection. Uh, We'll have a conversation, and we certainly uh, are going to be happy to open the phone lines uh, so that you can ask uh, candidate Hogsett questions as well. This will be a little different. Uh, than the mayor's uh, other visits, monthly visits. Although I- I'm sure he'll tout some of the uh, some of the accomplishments, as as you know, as very well he should. I mean, if you're, you know, you're in office and you've done well, uh, then you know by all means, and you feel as if you've done well, by all means, you share that. Uh, but he'll also, you know, we're also going to ask him some of the tough questions, and and you all are welcome to do that, as you were welcome to do that with Jefferson Shreve. Um, and um, so I look forward to to that uh, and look forward to the mayor uh, coming in. He'll uh, be right off the top uh, at one o'clock. And um, I think I need to probably scoot out of here. I've, I've had my voice as long as it was going to let me. So uh, that is a good thing. I'm going to have some tea and honey and some other things. I don't feel bad. I, th- that is the weirdest thing as to how your voice, how you can just go hoarse uh, and don't feel sick or don't feel bad at all. So it's probably some sinus drainage. But anyway, I'm going to try. Uh, and the last time this happened, uh, you all gave me some um, some pretty good uh, home remedies that that work as well. Anyway, um, that is all the time we have for Community Connection for right now. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, we are always praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM, Indies Inspiration. Don't forget about our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Thank you as always for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow. As always, be safe and be well. I'm Tina Cosby and this is Community Connection. Community Connection.